Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I interview accomplished and innovative early career professionals and small business owners. My goal is to provide a spotlight to those earlier in their careers to share their stories and experiences, as well as have folks who may be later on in their careers on the podcast to share their advice for those who are earlier on in their careers. Now with me today is Alexis Collier. Alexis graduated from Fairleigh Dickinson University in 2019 with a degree in digital marketing. She was most recently a cast member at Walt Disney World and is now a small business owner. Her business, which is called Tangled Thread Studio, sells homemade hair scrunchies, no-waste lifestyle products, and more through her Etsy. Now before we dive into Alexis's story, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also listen to Virtual Coffee through Spotify or Podbean, and you can find our social medias on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. So with that, let's dive into Alexis' story and happy listening. Welcome, Alexis. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I'm super excited to dive into your journey. So right off the bat, would love to hear your journey to launching your business and what inspired the idea for Tangled Thread Studio? Absolutely. So back in late 2018, early 2019, I started teaching myself how to sew. I had an old machine that my grandma gave me when I was a kid, and I kind of just dug it out of the garage and was looking to pick up a new hobby. So I started to do that, and I kind of just was making small things, just practicing sewing things together and doing hems on clothes and everything. And as I started to go through my senior year of college, I started thinking about what I wanted to do for the future and what values I had. And I really decided that I wanted to do something that would allow me to be flexible to spend as much time with my family as possible. Mm -hmm. So I started to look into the idea of starting my own business and things that I could do working from home. And uh, originally, after I graduated college, I accepted a position with Disney doing the Disney College program. I did that starting in August of 2019. And then to make a little extra money on the side, I launched Tangled Thread Studio in September of 2019. I was only doing that part time because I had full availability for Disney. So it was just kind of something that I was doing to have a little extra pocket change. And then come March, um, I was still working for Disney. Unfortunately, because of COVID-19, they suspended the college program. So I lost my job with Disney. I was absolutely heartbroken, but I very quickly kind of turned gears around. And I started working hard on my Etsy shop. And I, like many other people, started to create masks. I did over 500 sales with masks over the last two and a half months. I started really just going hard and working on putting up new product and fixing up the old listings that I had. And now for about three months, I've been doing Tangle Thread Studio full time. I would eventually like to go back to working at Disney Mm part-time just because I did love it so much, but I am working full-time now on my own business, and I am absolutely happy doing it. Wow. I mean, what an incredible way to take a negative event of, you know, Disney having to suspend their program and 
diving into this hobby that you had and creating an entire business out of it. That's incredible. I mean, what a way to, to take a situation and turn it into something positive. Yeah, it definitely was a lot. And like I said, it was a definite downtime. And then it was actually a family member that kind of got underneath me. And she was like, hey, here's all the resources you need to start doing masks and helping people and, Mm -hmm. you know, making your business better. And I kind of just took it and ran full speed with it. I was really thankful that that person gave me the little kick that I needed to get going. Mm -hmm. Yep. And gave you the support just right off the bat. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And can you describe the products you sell to those listening? I know you mentioned masks. Um, What other products do you sell? Sure. So I do a bunch of different accessories products. So I, the main one I do is hair scrunchies because they're totally coming back from the nineties. So I have a bunch of different hair scrunchies in my shop. One product that I didn't expect to gain a lot of traction but has become my best seller is keychains that have a little Mm -hmm. pocket in them that you could hold chapstick. I started making them just as a free gift to send out with purchases, and they Mm -hmm. were so popular, and they now have become a bestseller in my shop. (laughs) So I make keychains, lanyards. I have eco-friendly products, so I do coffee sleeves, so you don't have to use the cardboard ones that you get from, like, Starbucks Mm -hmm. or wherever you get your coffee. I have reusable cotton rounds that you can use to remove your makeup instead of using the disposable wipes or the disposable ones. So I have a pretty wide variety of products, but it's all targeted towards having a more eco-friendly lifestyle, but Mm -hmm. also having cute accessories that are versatile for all kinds of different environments. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that the chapstick holder. Oh my gosh, it's so cute. I (laughs) I love it. It's so so awesome. And I, I love that, you know, making cute products and using your hobby of sewing, but also having that mission of producing eco-friendly products and just having that deeper mission for your business. I think that's a a great balance. So diving a little bit back to the logistics of launching your business, I'm Mm -hmm. curious what resources helped you. Did your digital marketing degree really come in handy then? I know you mentioned you had family support. Just what other resources helped you and are still helping you be successful in your business? Absolutely. My digital marketing degree definitely had a lot of, it gave me a lot of leverage in starting my business and knowing just how to get myself out there and get myself seen, especially in the product category that I'm in with scrunchies and hair accessories. It's an extremely saturated market. So having that understanding of how search engine optimization works and Mm -hmm knowing what keywords to use to get my products out there and seen. I have a lot of background knowledge on that from my degree. So I'm really thankful for that. I also have graphic design and advertising minors. So that was really helpful because I was able to save a little bit of money in my startup costs by creating all of my own branding and packaging. I designed my business cards myself. So that helped. Um, And then as far as outside resources for what I used, There is one YouTube channel in particular that I kind of binge watched as I was setting up my brand. It's a creator called Lauren Thurman. She has a really great vlog series on how to start your Etsy brand and how Mm -hmm. to, once you're established, how to get everything set up and make sure that everything is kind of the best it can be. 
And it's a really great resource for anyone at any point of the stage when you're setting up a shop. I really recommend her. Of course, any channels in your product category that you're selling to help you become better at it. There's also Etsy seller Facebook communities that I joined that were a super big help because one, it's a way to get your shop out there and kind of promote yourself. And two, it's a really great way to figure out what mistakes you're going to make before you make them. You can learn from other people and see what they're doing so that way you can adjust whatever you need to adjust before it becomes a problem. I love that advice. I think that's so important and really well stated to learn from others, learn from the free resources out there like YouTube, blog series, blogs, etc. Um, as well as, you know, of course, you had your academic background as well, which is mm-hmm. a great accelerator. But learn from from these resources so that you can fix your mistakes before they happen. I love that. I think that's a beautiful mindset to have, especially as you're launching your own business. Absolutely. And if you're looking at it from a business perspective, it can save you a lot of money in the long run too, because Mm -hmm. there's so many times where people, I see people have to, you know, send out a new product or replace something that if they had just fixed their way that they package something, or if they had spell checked before they sent it out, you know, <laughs> right. they could have saved a lot of money and time. And looking at these other people and the mistakes that they make, it makes me more aware and more diligent in checking everything before I put that final seal on the envelope to send it out to the customer. Right. Yeah, that's a good point too, because mistakes can end up in monetary value or, or customer satisfaction, two very important things when absolutely. When and we're all human, you know, we're all going to yep. make mistakes, but if you can minimize them, it really right. is a big help. Exactly. No, that's a great point. Now, I'm curious if your experience at Walt Disney, you know, I know they did have to suspend their program, but the time you did have there, Did that influence your passion for Tangled Thread Studio at all? I know some of your products are Disney themed, um, so I'm assuming in that way it did. But just curious what you learned from your time at Walt Disney World and how that has impacted your business. Two things I really picked up from my time at Disney was customer experience and maintaining a brand image. So those are two things that Disney is absolutely best known for is creating a good guest experience and having a very, very strong brand image. And those are two things that throughout my education and my work experience, those are things that have always stood out to me with the companies that I'm working for, is how do they treat their guests and how do they portray their brand? And those were two really important things to me when I was setting up my business. So I kind of adapted Disney's business model to make sure that I anticipate what my customers are going to want before Mm -hmm. they even want it. So a good example of that is there was one time I had an order that needed to go out and somewhere between my car and the post office, their order had slipped underneath my passenger seat. (laughs) And it was like three days after it was supposed to be delivered mm-hmm. that I found it. <laughs> so before the customer could even realize it was missing, I jumped on Etsy. I refunded them their shipping cost. I let them know what happened. 
I put in a free gift with their purchase and I resent it out with priority shipping so it would get there the next day. So the customer didn't even have to come to me and say, hey, what happened? I took the initiative for myself to go and make it right with the customer to save it and make sure that they still had a good experience, even though there was a mistake that was totally my fault. And that's something that I learned working from Disney is that you're going to have unhappy customers, but it's all about how you handle the situation to make them happy again in the end. I really like how you're taking learnings from these huge companies, huge corporations. I mean, Disney is a huge name uh, globally. (laughs) And you're taking a look at that company that you look up to that you think has great customer experience, a brand image, which it does. Disney is known for that. And Mm -hmm. taking that and applying it to your own business. I think that's incredible advice also for those starting their own business. Because I think perhaps some people assume oh, I'm going to look at other small businesses for inspiration, which of course is a great thing to do, but don't be afraid to take inspiration from huge companies across the globe because you can learn from them as well. Absolutely. And by no means am I an expert in what I do Mm -hmm. at all. Like I do not consider myself an expert in marketing. I don't consider myself an expert in Etsy selling. So when you're looking at the other shops, yeah, you might get an idea of what they're doing right and wrong and what would work for certain platforms. But when it comes to business practices, it's definitely helpful to look towards those bigger, more established companies. See what they've been doing for 25, 30, 50 plus years. See what they're doing that's working and see how you can adapt that to your business. Most other small shops have only been around for a couple years. And in business, Mm -hmm. the success rate of a shop beyond five years is very, very minimal. It's very uncommon for small businesses to survive past that five-year mark. And if Mm -hmm. you do, that's a huge success. Mm -hmm. So look towards the companies that are a little bit more established if you're looking for inspiration on your business models. That's great advice, even for myself with the podcast as well. Mm -hmm. What what big podcasts are out there? Who's always number one on the charts and what can I learn from them? Yeah, I I really appreciate that advice. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) So we talked about advice you may have for others wanting to start a small business, like learning from other companies, like you were just saying, uh, Mm -hmm. leveraging free resources, like on YouTube, learning from others. Any other advice you'd have for someone who's wanting to start a small business and may not have a degree in digital marketing or a degree in business and just wants to pursue their passion? Absolutely. So the biggest piece of advice that I could give to people who want to start a business but don't have any background in business is, if nothing else, familiarize yourself with how income taxes work (laughs) and familiarize yourself with how to market yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I am not, I'm a marketing major. I am not at all involved in finance. So I'm not Mm -hmm. even going to delve into that market because I don't want to give anyone incorrect advice. Sure. But as far as marketing goes, um, make sure you know how to establish your keywords. Make sure you have active followings on social media. Post on a semi-consistent basis, if not every day. 
you want to make sure that you really fully understand it. If you're going to invest into any kind of class, whether it be just a series of YouTube videos or some kind of college course or somewhere in between, definitely take some kind of marketing class. Because if you don't know how to get yourself out there and how to be seen, no one's going to find you. And then piggybacking off of that, stay as far away from follow trains as you can. (laughs) For those of you who don't know what a follow train is, that's when people, generally there's a host account on Instagram or Facebook or whatever platform you're on. There's a host account and they recruit a bunch of people and they say, follow everyone we're following and they'll follow you back. At first, it seems really great because you're getting... 50 to 100 followers all at the same time and it's like wow I just screw my account by 100 followers this is awesome but when it comes to practice nine times out of ten those followers are going to follow you and forget about you Mm. or they're they'll unfollow you in a week or so just like you they're just trying to grow their following they might not be interested in what you're selling at all They might have absolutely no interest in the content that you're putting out there. And when you have a bunch of followers and they're not engaging with your content, they're not liking it, they're not clicking through on that link that you put in your bio, that hurts your account a lot more than you might think. Because if they see you have all these followers and no one's interacting with your posts, that pushes you down in Instagram's mm-hmm. algorithm or whatever platform. It pushes you down and your posts aren't going to get seen by as many people. And especially on Etsy, it shows that you have, if you have a lot of listings, it shows that you have not good listings. You might have a lot of likes and a lot of views, but you're not making those conversions mm-hmm. and you're not selling product. So Etsy's going to push you down in their search results and you're not going to get seen as much. So when you are building that following on social media, you want to make sure that you're building organic and natural followers, not, you know, just getting people to follow you just for the fun of it. Gosh, that's such a good point you bring up that those conversion rates matter. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily just you have a million followers but only a hundred people are liking your picture. What does that mean? Yeah, exactly. Gosh, that's such a great point. It's so much better to have maybe a hundred followers. And of those hundred followers, you're getting an average of 20 likes on each picture Mm -hmm. than to have a thousand followers and get an average of 50 likes on a picture. Right. You know, numbers, you could really got to look at your numbers because they Mm -hmm. matter a lot. Yeah. That's such a great point. Do you have any other, advice that comes to mind for say Instagram specifically? Cause I feel Instagram is if you have a business or even just a personal brand, mm-hmm. everyone's on Instagram. I feel like that's the right one consistent platform. Yep. And I'm asking this selfishly. If you have <laughs> uh, what comes to mind, you know, like what matters, what should I or small business owners be looking at, you know, whether it's conversion rates, what comes to mind for Instagram specifically? Yeah, so for Instagram specifically, just having engaging content. Mm -hmm. I always try to post in my captions, you know, I'll say, it's Sunday, here's what I'm working on, what are you doing today? You know, Uh... try and have engaging captions on your comments that make people want to 
comment on it and interact with you or even in your stories, you know, they have those really great features that you could put polls or you can have the question box. Post those and get your audience engaging with you because the more you do to get them to engage, the more they're going to do it naturally. Mm-hmm. So, and then you've seen on Instagram when you post a caption, if it's long, it truncates after yep. a while and you have to click on see more. Most of your followers are probably not going to click on that see more button. If you put something really catchy or exciting in that first line of your caption, it's going to get their attention. On my posts, I usually put like in the first line, I'll put release date is this day. And I'll Mm -hmm. put like an emoji on either end just to catch people's attention because it's something that's different. It stands out. And they're going to be like, oh, what are you releasing on this day? And they're going to click that see more button. And then they're going to read it and hopefully comment and like it. So you want to do things that are encouraging your followers to interact with you, not just posting, hey, check this out. Thanks. Bye. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that's a good call out that engaging caption. That's really helpful. And that's something so easy to do and experiment with. Right. Especially you can. Right edit captions too. It's not like it's, it's permanent and might as well just experiment with something different. Exactly. Even if, you know, in your case, even if it's just something like who's excited for this week's podcast, or did you listen to last week's episode? What did you think of this week's episode? Something like that, just something so simple, but just something to get that conversation going. Mm -hmm. And then of course you as the business owner go back in and if they say they did listen to it, say, Thanks so much for listening. You know, what was your favorite part of the episode? And just Mm -hmm. go back and forth and create that dialogue with your followers, because the more you interact with them, they kind of start to feel like they know you and they get more comfortable and familiar and they see you as a friend on their page instead of just another brand that they follow. Right. Yeah, that's very important. And the along that same train of thought. What I've been thinking about a lot lately is for me, you know, I have my full-time job and my podcast is my hobby that I typically Mm -hmm. work on the weekends. So I've noticed that the past few weeks, I don't even think about the podcast Monday through Friday. And that means my Instagram sitting dull, right? Like I have no engagement with my users. So my question for you is, you know, based on your experience, what are your top three best practices for balancing work life and your passions? And how do you, cause I feel I could work on the podcast 24 seven if I wanted to. And I'm right. sure you, you feel the same about uh, yeah, Tangled Thread Studio. So yeah, curious what you're, what you've learned, you know, how to balance all that. So my top three best practices, I would say the first one is if your business is your primary source of income, Treat it like a full-time job, mm-hmm. meaning set business hours for yourself. Even if they change day to day, set hours. For example, my fiance works full-time, so I try and base my business hours around whatever his schedule for the week is. Mm-hmm. So that way when he's home, I can make sure that we have family time. That also helps you to give yourself lunch breaks so you're not forgetting to eat during the day. <laughs> Um, It gives you days off so you're not just running yourself ragged and everything. And then for your case where it's a hobby, you could definitely do it the same way. Even Mm -hmm. if it's just an hour while you're sitting watching TV, it's so easy to just 
put something up real quick on Instagram, scroll through, interact on posts and everything. It's so easy to do. Just even if you dedicate half an hour to an hour a day, definitely make sure that you set hours for yourself so that you're not just running yourself ragged over everything. The second one is make sure you designate time for your passions and use your found time, especially if it's something that you're doing from home. So my average commute to work, I spent an hour a day commuting. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm working from home on my business, I have an extra hour every day to do whatever I want to do with. Um, Usually I'll do that to work out, read a book, all the things that I said I didn't have time for before. Now I have time to do. So just find lost time and fill Mm -hmm. it with things that make you happy instead of adding on to your work day because you wouldn't have been working during that time anyway. So why deny yourself the things that make you happy? Mm-hmm. Even though your job should make you happy, it's still work. Right. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, and then my last point I think would be to create a daily agenda. So every day, the last 15 to 20 minutes of my work day, I'll set up what the next day looks like. And that really helps me to kind of stay on task and make sure that I'm just doing everything that I need to be doing and making the most of my time so I don't have to put in 12-hour days. I can just work my eight-hour work shift and then I'm good to go. Um, It really helps that I know, all right, on Monday, I'm going to go in and update all of the descriptions for my scrunchies. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to start sewing new products. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to do product photography and start editing. And just having an outline of what your next day is going to look like, it really helps you to find that work-life balance because you know You have a set list of things to get done and you know what exactly needs to be done with that for the day. And after that, you can just do whatever, go out with your family Mm -hmm. or friends or whatever you had planned for the rest of the day. Excellent advice. Thank you for for sharing that. I love this theme of time as well. So Mm -hmm. setting business hours, finding lost time. I love that phrase. I love how you said (laughs) that. That's, yeah, something to just keep in mind. Find lost time. I love that. Especially with um, quarantine and everything shutting down. It's Mm -hmm. like, all right, now there's no excuse. I have time to do all of these things that I said I was going to do. And kind of being forced to be in the house made me realize really how ineffectively I was using my time. And it Mm. really helped me to kind of set up a stronger business model for myself. Mm -hmm. I also really relate to how you were saying your commute used to be an hour (laughs) because mine as well. And it is wild. I'm not sure how I'm going to go back when we go back to the office because it's who like I can, you know, start at seven now as opposed to leaving the house at seven and be done at 4.30 ish. And then I'm yeah. home. I don't need to wait an hour till six to arrive at my house. It's it's crazy. Yep, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. No, I just really related when you said that. <laughs> so, you know, I know where you're at today isn't by any means your final destination. So I'd love to know your future goals, your goals with your business. I know you mentioned you'd love to go back to Disney as perhaps part-time. Uh, just curious about where where you see your future. Um, so for the immediate future, 
I am going to be in the next two to three months starting a, I call it a non-subscription box. It's going to be posted every other month. And I've partnered with another Etsy shop, Eva's Fairytale Boutique. And we have reached out to other creators and pulled in a whole bunch of really awesome products. And we're going to sell them every other month. I can't say too much about it yet because Mm -hmm. we haven't announced any details. So you'll just have to stay tuned if you're Mm -hmm. interested. But we call it a non-subscription box because it's not going to be any kind of binding agreement that you have to commit for a certain amount of time. It's If you want it one month and the next month you don't, you don't have to come back and get it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of flexible to work with people's budgets and their needs and everything. But that is one thing that I am really, really excited about. It has been a really great networking opportunity for me, as well as a really great business venture that we're super excited. Hopefully it'll be long term. The first box is going to come this summer. So if you're interested in knowing more, stay tuned. And then long term, kind of confusing. Um, (laughs) I'm not really 100% sure where I'm going to go with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I do have interest in returning to work part-time, whether that be working back in the parks like I was or working in some kind of corporate setting um, just so that I can get out of the house and interact with other Mm -hmm. people. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, sitting over a sewing machine all day is (laughs) not exactly social. Yeah. But I I would love to do this full time. I do want to be a stay at home mom and I want to be able to still provide for my family. So I would love to turn this into a full time business venture. I really would love to eventually see my products on shelves, maybe not go commercial with it, but, you know, local boutiques and consignment shops and everything. So I'm also looking into creating custom fabric because right now I'm just using prints that you can buy like online or in Mm -hmm. craft stores and stuff. So I would love to be able to create custom fabric so that I'm selling something that no one else is. So I have a lot of dreams for Tangled Thread Studio, but we'll see where the future takes us. (laughs) Awesome. Right now, just riding that wave, which I love. Yeah. That's awesome. And first, I love that idea of that non-subscription box. I will definitely (laughs) stay tuned. I'm really excited to see that launch and what that looks like. I think that's a great idea. Yes, we're really excited. We've been working on it for about two months now. We started the idea. We're starting to get all the pieces together. We're almost ready to announce the theme of the box. So it's very exciting. So definitely tune back in. No, for sure. That is so exciting. That's that's just incredible. Your your story is so inspiring because it seems this really did start off as a hobby of sewing and look what it's become in less than a year. Like that's incredible. That's so yeah. inspiring. I'm very lucky that I've had the connections and the resources and everything mm-hmm. that I've had. It's been a really really crazy journey from conception to where it is now and it's uh, it's something I'm very thankful for. Yeah, and should be proud of. I think yeah, I it's am. an awesome <laughs> accomplishment. No, that's great. And speaking of accomplishments, my last big question here for you is, what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, this can be related to your business or not at all. It can be from 20 years ago or just from yesterday. In this moment, what is your proudest accomplishment? 
This is a really big question. Um, and I always struggle when I am asked questions like this. <laughs> but in this moment, I would have to say it would be moving out into my own apartment. Mm. Uh, my fiance and I moved in with each other. And it was kind of a very symbolic. We both graduated college at the same time. So after we graduated, we started a new chapter in our lives together going forward and we both kind of had some rocky situations so we moved away from home and we are creating our own lives for ourselves mm -hmm. and although we had a lot of support from our friends and family we've mostly done it all on our own so we're both really proud but that I think would be my proudest accomplishment so far is having my own place. Awesome. No, congratulations on that. Just a lot of new chapters seem to have, you know, really opened up for you based on hard work and dedication and following your passions. And like I said, I think that's just so inspiring. I'm feeling so inspired right now <laughs> after hearing your story. Thank you. I'm glad I could inspire you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Alexis. Like I said, I really enjoyed listening to your story. I think it was so well stated and you had such great nuggets of advice in there as well that I myself am taking away for this podcast. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. And thank you so much for having me. It was awesome getting to sit and chat with you. Of course. And where can people find you and your business on, on social medias? Um, and also where do you ship? Sure. So my Etsy is tangledthreadstudio.etsy.com. Currently, we ship within the United States. I've been toying with the idea of shipping internationally, but I would have to mm -hmm. see if the shipping cost would be worth the cost of the item because mm -hmm. I don't want it to be super crazy. So currently, we are U.S. only through Etsy. So on social media, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is just at Tangled Thread Studio. Uh, that's where I'm most active and I post any sales, new product releases, coupons, anything like that that I'm running for my shop, you can find on Instagram. I am active on Facebook as well, but my main platform is Instagram. Perfect. Awesome. Well, I hope everyone gives you a follow and peruses your products. And thank, again, thank you so much for sharing your story today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.